I hope you guys enjoy this interview as much as I did with Dorothy Hollaball. She is just an incredible inspiration from crowd surfing and renting her apartment out to now doing over 100K a month in revenue in her business. Dorothy is an absolute master at learning the freelance world and then scaling with determination and now teaching you how to do the same. Dorothy actually is a fellow mastermind member where we connected through investing to be in the same room together uh, for an entire year to grow our businesses as business owners, but also grow our networks through really investing in being in the right rooms together. So I hope you guys really enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed interviewing her. And if you're listening to this and you're asking yourself, how can I surround myself with high energy entrepreneurs and high impact coaching with some live experiential events to grow me personally and professionally? You need to check out my unique burnout to all out mastermind that I have personally created from my own experiences in masterminds over the past couple of years. Took everything that I found the most value in and curated my own year long mastermind for entrepreneurs. Go check it out at burnouttoallout.co. Scroll down and check out the application page for the mastermind. If you're looking to take our connection from your ear on this podcast to an in-person year-long intensive with me and my master coaches in business, mindset, and operations of an online business, while also experiencing live events with your mastermind members to grow your network and grow your business, again, head over to my website today and get yourself at the front of the line on my wait list. The doors open September 30th, and we'll be reviewing applications now as they come through. So you're going to want to be in the front of the line for consult calls for this mastermind. We only take 20 clients, and we have a large number of clients in our current mastermind who are recurring and will stay with us in our new launch next year. So go head over to burnouttoallout.co if you want to take this experience from ear to a intimate small group mastermind coaching setting. And let's see if you're a good match for our mastermind. Okay, guys, hope you enjoy this episode. Hey friend, Melissa Hinault here with the Burnout to All Out podcast. I'm a former multiple six-figure executive corporate burnout feeling stuck in the life I built for myself. But using my corporate skills, I took to the internet and have built multiple six and seven figure businesses, showing others how they can build a life they love. Now on this podcast, I share stories of being an entrepreneur, a mom to my three amazing kids, and wife to my wonderful and supportive husband who supports all my wild and crazy dreams. My journey is taking grit and persistence and belief And believe me, I'm still a work in progress that you may witness in real time, whether it's in our free burnout to all out Facebook community, 
or inside my mastermind or even in my coaching programs, or maybe just right here on the podcast. I'm laughing and I'm crying with you. I've become a serial entrepreneur with a passion to inspire more burnouts, to take the leap of faith and go all out and live out their dreams. Consider me your mentor in your head and on the go. So let's get started. So excited to have Dorothy Hollowball here with me today as really my first in season two of the Burnout to All Out podcast. So Dorothy, welcome to our new season. Thanks for having me, Melissa. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh, this is going to be so much fun. So quick backgrounder for our listeners and everybody over on LinkedIn watching us live. Yes, if you watch the recording later, we stream live on LinkedIn where you can come watch us and engage in all the things. Little backstory about Dorothy really quick. This whole series that I'm doing this month, I'm interviewing all of my fellow mastermind members. Dorothy and I are both in the elite mastermind with Chris Harder. And that's where we've, we met each other, right? Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah. One of the things I just wanted to say to that really quickly is just the value of strategically putting ourselves in the right rooms every single year as entrepreneurs. You know, people constantly ask me, like, how were you able to scale so quickly? How did you grow your business? And it was like, well, there's a lot of technical know-how and there's definitely a lot in the mindset arena, but strategically putting yourself in the right room to collaborate with someone like Dorothy is priceless. Dorothy's already as a, we'll get into this, but she's an expert in ads. And with some minor tweaks and feedback you gave us, our last launch and how we were running our ads made a huge difference. So just the value of connecting with other experts that can bring value to you and vice versa. I'm just so excited about this interview and to really share you with, with my network, your zone of genius when it comes to not just ads and paid traffic, but really the gig economy and opportunity as a freelancer in 2022. Well, I'm super excited to dive in. I mean, I think like to the mastermind point, it's really just about investing in yourself, which I think looks very different at every stage of the journey, depending on where you might be. But yeah, once you get to the place where it's like these high level masterminds, it's like the way that that supercharges your ability to, to scale your business is like pretty mind blowing. Right. I know when I, the first mastermind I ever invested in, I remember telling myself, I'm just going to do this this year. It's like a one-time investment. And then I saw the ROI on it. And I was like, no, this is part of my operating expenses every single year. Like, I'm trying to figure out how to finagle investing my husband being in the mastermind with Chris next year as well. You know, like, it's it. already a line item in my 2023 budget. Right? Amazing. <laughs> well, so really quickly, you guys, who is Dorothy? So Dorothy, I'm just going to share a little bit of your bio here. Um, Dorothy is the founder of Needle's Eye Media, a boutique digital advertising agency for data-driven businesses looking to scale. Dorothy and her team have profitably spent more than $100 million on paid traffic across a variety of channels. Through that experience, combined with innate talent for data wrangling and a holistic understanding of digital marketing, Needle's Eye Media leverages a full stack approach to help their clients grow. Dorothy is also the co-founder and CEO of The Gig, a digital media company that helps freelancers acquire and profit from high income skills online 
in seven minutes a day or less through their flagship email newsletter, which if you guys are not subscribed to that, you totally should be. We'll, we'll talk about that today. But so excited to have you here today, Dorothy. And you're such an expert. You've made so many pivots in your career as an entrepreneur. But since this is the Burnout to All Out podcast, I'd love to start with the backstory of before you worked for yourself, before you took these leaps of faith at every level as an entrepreneur. Take us back to life before being an entrepreneur when you're reporting to someone else. Can you take us back to that life? For sure. So I'm actually going to take you all the way back to my senior year of college, which is kind of where this whole saga starts, because I was supposed to be an accountant. That was the plan. My whole time through school, you know, my goal was to get a job with one of the big four accounting firms. Mm -hmm. And so I succeeded at that. I did my internship at PricewaterhouseCoopers here in their Chicago office, took a full-time offer with them going into my senior year. And then essentially what happened was I stumbled into the world of personal development and I started reading all of these books. I read Thinking Grow Rich. It really just expanded my mindset in a massive way about what was possible and made me realize that I was going into accounting for all of the wrong reasons. I was not excited about it. It was not what, you know, something that I felt passion for. And so two weeks after I graduated, I called up PwC. I said, I'm so sorry to do this, but I'm not coming. And I moved to Chicago anyway. And you already had a roommate and apartments and the whole thing. Ended up through crazy, you know, universal magic twist of events, getting a job as the third employee at this very early stage startup. And so I really was so naive. I had no real concept of like how early on this business was when I you know, took the job. And it ended up being the biggest blessing because over the next three and a half years there, I really got this crash course in what it looks like to scale a business from the ground up. And in those three years, I mean, that company went from, you know, zero to 10 million in annual revenue. Two years after I left, they had a, you know, they sold for 277 million to a massive company. Yeah. So, so it was really an incredible kind of foundation. And when I decided to leave that company, it was because my boss, the co-founder, he was leaving and he was really the reason I loved working there. So I decided to leave too. But I had been very spoiled with you know, being able to work remote and I had a ton of autonomy, a ton of flexibility, and I wasn't willing to give that up. And I started realizing, man, it might be pretty hard for me to find that in another job. Yes. Yes. So good and so true. What a unique experience. And you said this was right out of college? Yeah. So I started my business at 25. Wow. So... What a unique experience to jump straight into a startup from college. I feel like that's got to be such an incredible opportunity to kind of bridge entrepreneurship and business, just like classic business, because you got to see like the good, the bad and everything in between in the excitement of entrepreneurship and like scaling the unknown, right? And probably also just all the pivots and twists and turns in a business growing so rapidly. I think it takes a certain personality to ride that kind of rocket ship and either thrive in it or, or it not exciting. enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was fun. And I think it was, it wasn't necessarily like pretty at every point. Right. Like literally when I first started working there, I mean, 
the customer service calls routed to my cell phone. Like, you know, we were finishing up in the office at, you know, 6, 7 p.m. And then going down, it was a meal subscription company. So then we were all going down to the kitchen at nine o'clock at night to like pack boxes. So like it was the real, the real I shit. love that. Okay. So what a priceless experience. Okay. So when your boss left, you left. Was that the pivotal moment for you? Like, when did you decide to get into doing your own work versus working for someone else? Yeah. So I felt very strongly about a couple of things. It's like, I'm not going to work somewhere that's going to make me be in an office in Chicago five days a week. I wanted flexibility and I wanted control over you know my schedule and, and my life. And as I started interviewing, I started realizing, man, I don't think I'm going to find that very easily here. And so I kind of got the idea in my head I always wanted to start a business eventually. I didn't think it would happen at 25, right? But I sort of, you know, started going through this thought process of, okay, well, what if I tried to do something on my own right now? And this is actually an exercise that I would recommend anyone listening. If you're in a nine to five right now and you have this desire to start a business and take the leap, but you're afraid, there's something really powerful about actually walking through the worst case scenario. If you were to take a leap, because for me, it was like everyone in my life, my parents, my friends, you know, everyone was telling me, you can't start a business. This is way too risky. It's way too risky. And so when I actually walked through that exercise, it was like, all right, what is the risk? At the time, I mean, I was, I was broke. Like I'd been living paycheck to paycheck, making, you know, very little money at a startup in Chicago. And so I didn't have like a big safety net to fall back on. However, I was like, all right. I can Airbnb my apartment and pay my rent. I, you know, like literally stayed with friends, stayed with, you know, my boyfriend at the time, now husband. And I was like, all right, well, if I try this and it doesn't work out, I was very confident in my ability to get a job quickly. Like I knew that if shit really hit the fan within a month, I could have a job that would pay my rent, pay my bills. And I think that's probably true for a lot of people listening, especially in this job market that we're in right now. And so what I realized was, okay, well, what position I am, am I in right now needing to go get a job? So if I try this and it doesn't work out, I'm actually no worse off than I am at this very moment, right? Yes. So I realized, well, everyone in my life was telling me this is so risky. This is so risky. I actually realized that the risk was minimal. Because if it didn't work out, then I would just go get a job. If it did work out, well, the upside is huge. Yes. Like mic drop after mic drop. And I think that is the classic mindset of the successful entrepreneur, right? Is it like we see opportunity versus the devastating risk, right? And so I love that you point that out. And it's such a good exercise to go through. I also love asking what's the best that could happen, right? Like you said, what's the upside? I love that. Such a good exercise. Such a good exercise. Okay. So you made the pivot. Where did you start? What did you start doing? So for about four months, I had no idea. I was very much like floundering because I had worked in marketing at this startup, but like I wore a lot of hats. Like there was not kind of any like clear thing of like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. So I was trying a bunch of different things. I was, you know, freelancing, you know, doing like building Infusionsoft campaigns and, you know, all kinds of things. And four months in, I was kind of reaching the end of my rope where I was like, all right, like I got to start making some money here or like I am going to have to go get a job. And my old boss from that startup, he called me up one day and he said, you know, hey, 
I have this ticket to this three day intensive, you know, Facebook ads workshop and I can't go. Do you want my ticket? And I was like, absolutely. So I jumped on it. I went to this three day workshop at this guy, Jason Hornung, his house in Madison, Wisconsin at the time. And he was, you know, really kind of one of the big names in Facebook ads specifically. And so I go to this workshop, I go for these three days and I'm like, hmm, like, I feel like I could be really good at this. Just the way that my skills aligned, like it all kind of made sense. And so at the end of those three days, Jason was pitching this like year long coaching program. And it was like, I believe it was $30,000. And, you know, I'd literally been Airbnb in my apartment, pay rent. Like I was living off my credit cards. Like I was broke. And so I called, <laughs> he gave out his phone number. He's like, if anyone has questions about the program and wants to ask him tonight, you know, call me up. So I called him and I was kind of trying to dance around the question of like, all right, how quickly do you think that I could make this thing work? Right. Saw straight through me. And he was like, if you don't have the money for the program, I do not recommend that you join. Totally get it. Thanks so much. Hang up the phone. I immediately pick it up again. Call my old boss who gave me the ticket. I was like, Ryan, I'm doing it. <laughs> I showed up the next day. <laughs> I put the first $6,000 payment on a credit card and just left. I love this. I love this. This is when I have a very similar story and this is all about you. So I won't jump into it. But this is when your gut and your instinct knows you're ready for this massive that you're all in and no holds bar, like burn the ships. I'm all in. I'm ready to take action. And I think it's, I call it good debt, right? When you're investing in something like that, it's not like buying something frivolous or, uh, you know, that's a bad accrual of interest for a million different reasons. But that was re a really good debt to go into, right? Yeah. yeah. Now that we know the backstory and that the rest is history, the wildly successful businesses that you're running. Okay. So good. Okay. So you went into the program and now you are like an absolute Facebook ads queen. You guys, she's incredible, like absolute expert. But I'm curious, you went through the program and how did you, how did you go from, you know, knowing nothing about Facebook ads and investing in this expert program to coming out where you are today with your company, like only taking the tippity top, top of the top clients with these massive budgets to spend on massive amounts of ads. What was that journey like? Yeah. Well, I think this, like the lesson in this question really kind of goes back to what we were saying about investing in yourself and how that does look different at every stage of the journey. Because yeah. if I had invested $30,000 in a mastermind at that point, it would have been worthless because I didn't need networking and connections. Like I needed skills. And oh, so this program that I joined, you know, with Jason, like he was literally holding my hand for a full year, like on calls with me, you know, every week screen sharing, looking at my clients accounts and like teaching me how to get results for people. Yeah. And so it was very intense. Like I always tell people, like when you're early on, you probably need a coach more than you need a mastermind if you are yes. going to make kind of a big investment in yourself because you need that high touch, like hand holding, right? Right. Got to create so, a skill. Exactly. And so, you know, I took on my first couple of clients, like small, you know, small clients, but with Jason's help, I was able to get them results and I was able to start building for them. And so I went from like, it was March of 2017 that I went to that workshop. And by, I believe it was July, it was like four months. So July was when I had my first, I hit $12,000 in July. So I went from like zero to 12K a month very quickly 
because I had Jason really guiding me and making sure that I was delivering. Because you have to deliver, right? Or nothing. Yes. Well, and that's where I think that your and your investment was timely for you because you knew you were ready to take radical action. And you had a lot of skin in the game with, you know, the debt you were putting yourself into. So for the output you were looking for to really grow and scale. So I love that. Such a good, such a good story. And I couldn't agree with you more, Dorothy. It's like, you have to hone in and have a skill set to monetize, which is a whole nother like, you know, group coaching programs, personal coaches are totally different investment than, okay, now I have this business that's operating and running. I want to go network in a higher level mastermind where we can kind of cross pollinate services and products and get the word out and spread my business, right? And grow even more in a culture and community of like-minded people that inspire me for what's like possible, right? So good. Okay. So such a good backstory. I'd love to like jump into your, like you have multiple zones of genius, but I think that's something that's super hot topic right now is freelancing, right? I think I read in Time Magazine not too long ago that over 50% of Americans have a side hustle now. I'd love for you to speak a little bit to that of how, you know, the trajectory of freelancing and the opportunity here in the US, especially since we're streaming here on LinkedIn, where the activity on LinkedIn is so counter cyclical to the economy. It's like the more the economy is questionable, the more the activity goes up on LinkedIn, and people are looking for maybe different career moves and shifts in networking with career opportunities. Let's talk about freelancing as an opportunity. Yeah. So I think, first of all, to speak to kind of the scale of opportunity, like you said, I mean, just like some stats for you, like 41% of the American workforce freelanced in 2020. Now that was two years ago. It's obviously exploded since then. And over two thirds of small businesses reported having hired a freelancer in the last two years. And so if you look at like freelance platforms, like my favorite one to find clients, especially when you're new is Upwork. Mm -hmm. And on Upwork, there are 5 million client accounts and over 100,000 job openings every day. And so I think what's very cool about freelancing, especially if you're in a position like I was, where it's like, you know, you want to work for yourself, but you're not sure exactly what you want to do. Mm -hmm. Freelancing, what's very cool about it is that it allows you to almost like get your MBA and like all of these different types of businesses and skills. Because when you're working with different clients, you're seen inside to what it's really like inside a wide variety of different types of businesses. Mm -hmm. And I think what's great about like what we at the gig call these like high income skills is that there are things where, you know, you can make good money with very low overhead in the beginning so that it's not, it's not like starting a product business where it's like, you need to invest, you know, a hundred thousand dollars into starting this business. Like I started literally nothing. And, you know, my first client, I think was paying me probably two thousand a month or something like that. And so, you know, you're able to build momentum and build up an income that it can at least cover your expenses like much faster than you can starting other types of businesses, which allows you the room to be able to build and grow and move forward. Yes. So true. So true. And we all start somewhere, right? Like I would think I was telling a group yesterday when I first started my LinkedIn Academy, it was a hundred dollars for the program until I got traction and success and could validate the results and then raise the prices, raise the prices, raise the prices, right? So good. Okay. So can we talk about like what skill sets are out there right now with people who are listening 
what are some opportunities for gigging? You know, I think people traditionally think of Uber or Airbnb, but here we are, like the internet has changed how we do everything, right? Like we just had this conversation with my son the other day. I don't know that a college education is necessary with what we have available to us right here on the internet. So can you talk a little bit to what are some skills that people can learn to then monetize over on the internet? Yeah. So with our our newsletter, The Gig, what we define as a high income skill, there's really three criteria that we're talking about. Now your criteria, what's important to you might be different, but this is how we define it. So the first is that it gives you leverage to be able to earn more. And really what this means is that you're able to charge a flat rate or a pro- you know project fee instead of trading hours for dollars. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for example, if you get paid $50 an hour, it's going to take you 100 hours to earn $5,000. Mm-hmm. But if you charge $5,000 for an entire project and you can get it done in 35 hours, well your effective hourly rate has just skyrocketed like $142 an hour. So, that leverage of being able to like, as you get more efficient, as you get better, and you know, all of a sudden you have the capacity to work with five clients instead of two clients, and they're paying you $2,000, $5,000, $10,000 a month. If you can get that work done in a shorter amount of time, you are effectively making more. So that's number one. Number two is that it can be done from anywhere. Now, again, this is, this is really the one where it's like, maybe that is important to you. Maybe it isn't. But I think for a lot of people who are interested in freelancing, that is one of the things that is most attractive is just the flexibility and freedom that it creates in your life. Like I'm literally leaving tomorrow. I'm going to be in Maine for two weeks and then in Mexico for a week and like nothing needs to stop. So that's number two. Number three is proximity to the sale. And this one is really key to understand. Once you get this, like it's it's a big unlock and like why you're able to make so much money in, in these types of skills. And really what this comes down to is your ability for a client to trace sales, revenue, profits directly back to your work. And so what are these high income skills, right? So it's things like copywriting. So, you know, someone reads an ad that you wrote and they click on it and or they, you know, hit a website page that you wrote and they register for this webinar and then purchase. Paid ads, obviously that was the one that I chose, you know, so you are actually like when you say media buying, a media buyer literally buys the media on Facebook, on YouTube, on LinkedIn. High ticket sales. So this is actually like when we talk about proximity to the sale, no one has closer proximity than the sale than the person who is literally on the phone closing that prospect and collecting the credit card. So high ticket closers is kind of what this is called. You know, they can often earn like 50% commission on these sales. Other ones would be like graphic design, building funnels, building websites. So these are the types of skills we're talking about. Yes, absolutely. You know, again, I'm thinking of our, our LinkedIn listeners over there. And I think about so many people in my network who traditionally come from medical device sales, pharmaceutical sales. You know, if they're looking for evolving in their skill set and being able to work remotely and go to Maine and to Mexico and to close high ticket sales for a company like, you know, we have an agency that's high ticket, you know, and we commission very nicely on our sales. It's like, can you think creatively in, in a down economy? Like the opportunity is still there. It's just moved. I want to kind of backtrack a minute, but can you talk about that? Just like 
the industry as a whole being pretty recession proof because internet has changed how you're able to kind of pivot with opportunity regardless of where the cheese has been moved. (laughs) Absolutely. So here's the key point to really get on this. The reason that freelancing is a recession proof business Mm -hmm. is because when the economy shifts, the opportunity doesn't disappear. It just changes, you know, where it is. There's typically certain sectors of the market that are really struggling, other sectors that might be doing well. And so when you're a freelancer and there's a recession or the economy moves, you don't have to change what you do. You only have to change who you do it for. Right. And so it's very different from, you know, say like, there's certain types of businesses where it's like, you know, trying to pivot is very hard because, you know, what you do is very much set. Like, you know, you're a mortgage broker, you're, you know, like whatever it might be. But when you're a freelancer, you know, if your skill is paid ads and all of a sudden COVID hits, I mean, so we had, we had two of our biggest clients were selling live events. So when COVID hit, both of those clients, they had to pause overnight, but with the skill of paid ads, what boomed during COVID? E-commerce, yeah. right? So you're able to just shift which businesses that you're helping, but you don't actually have to change the skill that you're executing on. Yes, absolutely. I love that. Such a good, good example. I'm even thinking about my photographer and videographer and the pivots even with the platforms that people are using. Like one of the things she, we talked about just two days ago, very candidly for her as a photographer was gosh, you know, Instagram is really kind of penalizing static photos, which has been kind of our industry as a whole. But she has also this incredible like videography business where now they're pivoting and they're just focusing on doing reels professionally for clients because that's what the platform is asking for. Because she is a freelancer and has that skill set, she's able to just pivot with the demand of the platform and continue the revenue in her business. So I love that. So good. Okay. So how does one get started in becoming an expert? Like every master was once a disaster, right? Like my $100 course for LinkedIn, I had to start somewhere, right? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So it kind of comes back to this question of like, all right, what do you have more of time or money, right? Because the speed at which you can move in a lot of ways depends on kind of the resources that you're providing yourself. So I mean, obviously, like I said, when I started, I had no money, but I still chose the, (laughs) let's let's hire a $30,000 coach. And for me, that was because like, I knew I had to make this happen now and had to make it happen fast or I wasn't going to be able to do it. Maybe you're like going to hold down your nine to five for a few months and start to build this up on the side. Well, then it's like, you know, first you have to decide what is the skill that you want to freelance in. Maybe it's a skill you already have. Maybe you're like me and it's a skill you need to acquire. We have this basically like high income skill guide where we do a deep dive into like, you know, kind of the five biggest ones. So I'd be happy to give that to your listeners. Um, so they yes. love it. But yes. So first it's like, all right, pick your skill. Then it's like, okay, how are you going to either learn or improve? And that's where it's like, okay, hire a coach or buy a course. You know, you can spend a thousand to two thousand dollars and get a really good high level, you know, course on any one of these high income skills. And then it's really about going out and getting your first couple of clients. And so I can definitely dig into how to do that if you'd like. Yes, we would love that. And by the way, and we'll put this in the show notes, but the skill guide, where can people access that while we're streaming live right now? So I'll actually, you know, I'll I'll do you one better. 
So the gig is our daily newsletter to help freelancers to the best newsletter ever for people in freelancing. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. And anyone who subscribes to the gig, um, to the gig.io, you'll get that high income skills guide. But what I'd love to give your audience is we actually have this additional training that is how to get clients on Upwork, even if you're brand new. And this is literally the exact strategy that I have used to make over a million dollars in freelancing fees off of Upwork. And if you go to the gig.io slash VIP, you can get actually both the high income skills guide and that Upwork training. That's incredible. Thank you so much, Dorothy. So say it one more time, the gig.io slash VIP slash VIP. Okay. Awesome. For people listening, let's just kind of dive into this. How do you get these clients? Because really there's two main ways that you can get clients, right? You can do like cold outreach, posting on social media, messaging people on LinkedIn. But it's kind of like trying to go fishing in the Atlantic Ocean. (laughs) Like you're sort of just throwing it out there and like trying to like hope that the person you're reaching out to has a need for what you're offering. Mm -hmm. And the second main route and the one that I really recommend, especially if you're new, are these freelancing platforms and job boards. So Mm -hmm. sites like Upwork. Because on these platforms, you're minimizing friction Because you're only speaking to clients who have literally raised their hand and said, I need to hire right now and I'm willing to pay. Brilliant. You know, I've never, we've only done word of mouth for our agency. I've never even thought about looking for clients on Upwork. This is like, this is mind blowing to me. I'm learning. And what's cool about it is that there's all types of clients on these platforms. Because the people who go to Upwork are people who have, either they don't have a referral, like they don't know someone who can you know make an introduction. Or, you know, often it's people who have kind of been burned by big agencies and they're like, I want to find a freelancer. And so even today with my agency, I mean, we get, you know, $10,000, $15,000 a month clients off of Upwork. So those people are there, but also the newer people are there. And if you are like a lot of people have this fear of like, okay, but I'm brand new. I've just learned this skill. I'm a beginner graphic designer, beginner copywriter, whatever. How am I ever going to get clients? Well, the answer to that is that you're probably going to have your first few clients that are going to be beginner business owners. Because just like you are, you know, new like there's people who are starting businesses who don't have huge budgets to go get the experts. And so when people post jobs on Upwork, they actually select, do they want a, um, I forget what the word is for like beginner, but it's basically a beginner intermediate expert. And there are people who say, you know, I want someone who's newer, who's going to be more cost effective. Totally. Uh, yeah, totally. Exactly. You know, it's funny. It's so timely. I literally, Dorothy, got a DM from one of my one-on-one clients who's growing her very first own business. And her message was, do you know an ads manager that could help me just with a basic lead magnet? You know, and I'm like, well, I know my, the ads manager I'm working with, you know, has kind of a, a minimum buy-in to work with her. But I know there's got to be new people learning ads who would love to get started, like helping you, right? What I'm hearing you say is it's all about getting started and starting with the client base that's right for you as you're new and maybe they're new. And as you evolve, you're able to evolve with the client base that you serve. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, you might start like if you're doing copywriting, you might start by writing an email for $30, but then eventually you're going to be able to write an email for $300 as you Yes. Yes. So good. So, so good. Anything else on that before we jump into just building a money-making freelance business? You know, I think it's really about you have to treat your business 
like it is a job. Like almost pretend that you have a boss. And really with clients, you know, it's almost like your clients are your boss. Like you really have to be dedicated in doing the daily practice and focus on the inputs, not the outputs. I think this is a big mindset shift when you're getting started of like, all right, if you put the, you know, goal on yourself, like, all right, I'm going to get two clients this month. That can be really scary and overwhelming. And like, what if it doesn't happen? So instead, focus on the inputs of, okay, I'm not going to worry about the clients. I'm going to submit 10 proposals a day. Mm-hmm. And if you submit 10 proposals a day, every day for a month, you will get two clients out of it. If you follow, you know, in that guide that you can get on the gig.io slash VIP, if you follow that process and track, you will get clients out of that. So focus on the inputs because that's what's in your control. Yes. Oh my gosh. So good. So good. I just, I'm loving all of these nuggets because it's so timely with where we are in the economy, what types of opportunities there are out there. And I'm thinking through, before we get into how to profit even in a down economy, because I want to talk about that. But I want to back up for a minute because we haven't really talked about how you have really, you've got your agency and then you've got the gig, your newsletter and business. Can you, before we dive in, because I want people to understand where you started with learning ads to where you are today and these two different businesses that you have and operate. Can you speak to that for a minute? Yeah, sure. So I'll be very transparent with you. You know, I think as I started growing the agency, I almost had this very like love-hate relationship with it. I loved the freedom and the flexibility and the money that I was making. But I eventually got to this place where it was like, well, you know, this business, in a certain way, it is still built around me and kind of my persona, even though now I have a team who's you know really executing with our clients. And I really first understood the power of freelancing to help people transform their lives because that's what happened for me. And I wanted to help people to do that. And I also saw what was happening with these businesses like The Hustle, like Morning Brew, where I was like, okay, I can both help people to create this change in their lives and to take advantage of this massive wave of opportunity that is here with the economy. But I also had the opportunity from a business perspective to build something that can kind of stand apart from myself and really like build an asset that, you know, maybe like LinkedIn is going to buy this from us, you know, in five years. So, you know, I think from both the like business model perspective and from the impact that we want to make in the world, starting the gig really just made a lot of sense. Yes. And, And the reason I bring this up, it's so timely. And I love the story is because I want our listeners to hear kind of the evolution of how you started, how you scaled, and then how you're tacking on additional income streams that are relevant to where you started and tacking on taking your experience and creating an additional asset. And what I want our listeners to hear, because I hear this all the time, is like, you know, how many offers, how many businesses, how many things should one start at one time? And what I love hearing from you and something I speak to is really like, Get really solid and foundational on like the flagship thing that you do. Because I do think as fun as it is to be an entrepreneur, sometimes we get that shiny object syndrome where it's like, there's so many opportunities that we end up chasing too many things at one time. But I love how you have kind of sequentially started with your agency and now you have the gig and it's like, you've very strategically layered on additional income streams in a manageable way. Can you speak to a minute to maybe the people management of that and how, you know, how that's worked out for you? 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, this was the major shift for me because for the first several years of the business, I was in the accounts every day. And, you know, I really didn't see the path to pulling myself out of that. And, you know, I think I had this limiting belief of, you know, first of all, starting from the perspective of I wasn't willing to do anything that was going to, you know, result in lower outcomes or lower service for our clients. Mm -hmm. However, I had this limiting belief of, you know, okay, well, if someone is as good as me or ideally better than me at marketing, well, why would they ever want to come work for me when they could just do this on their own and make more money? And what I eventually realized, like, so when I met John, who ultimately became our COO and head of performance, I realized that people have different interests and people have different skills. And whereas I had this experience of as I started growing the business and growing the team, I enjoyed that work more and more because I love like operating the business. And John had the exact opposite experience where he started kind of growing a team and, you know, growing his business. He was like, well, this sucks. This is pulling me away from what I love, which is the marketing. It's being in the accounts and like the tactical and strategic skill of media buying. And so it was really this match made in heaven of what I didn't want to do was what he loves and vice versa. And so it was very cool and eye-opening experience. When he joined the company, we had all these clients who had been working with me for years. And I was so afraid to kind of, you know, I didn't want them to feel like they were being like passed off or anything like that. But instead, because I was able to find someone who was legitimately, I mean, I've spent 20 million on paid traffic. He spent a hundred million plus. So he was able to come in and, you know, have it be something that our clients were excited about. And the results have been like, I mean, just the way that he has scaled and helped our clients to grow clients that had been with me for a long time was remarkable. So that was a big mindset shift. Oh, so good. Okay. So I'm curious, if you don't mind sharing, you don't have to give specific numbers, but I'm always talking about how we, as those leading the business, end up being the bottleneck of our business if we're not able to kind of delegate and continue to grow with our business. I'm curious what the impact has been on your business by bringing in someone else. Have you seen a growth in your business from where you were by actually delegating off what it was you were doing to someone else in the zone of genius for you to go work in your zone of genius. Can you speak to that impact on your business? Yeah. And I'll share the numbers because I mean, I feel like it's like, it's, it's so hard to kind of have this belief because I like, I was pretty much stuck at like 50 to, you know, 50 to 60, about, about $50,000 a month in revenue before bringing in, you know, our COO. And I just couldn't see how to scale beyond that because there was just not enough of me to go around. John joined the business and literally in his first six months, he doubled the company through the impact that he brought to our clients. I mean, he took clients like literally like one of my long-term clients who had been, this client had been paying us $4,000 a month for a year and a half. Today, he pays us $17,000 a month, that same client. And that shift happened in literally four or five months. So now it's like our floor, I mean, we do about $100,000 a month, um, you know, sitting here today in recurring retainer revenue that happens every single month. You know, it's not like launches. And so he pushed us, you know, over that seven figure mark and still growing. I mean, we've been growing every month. And so Incredible. that's what leadership and bringing in the right people can do. Oh, so good. I mean, that's like, I think the perfect wrap up with final remarks is Dorothy going from couch surfing 
Airbnb her apartment to betting on herself, putting a $30,000 program on a credit card to now running over $100,000 a month in revenue in your business. I mean, it's incredible. And it's such an inspiration to my listeners and to me. I just love hearing your story. Any final remarks as we wrap up? This has been so good. Thank you. You know, I think what I would say is that the thing that allowed me to make, you know, these shifts throughout the last five years is that I have always felt very strongly about working equally as hard on my mindset as I do on my business. Because there are going to be times where you want to crawl up on the floor of your office and cry. <laughs> like I've had those moments. We've all had those moments. Or weeks or uh, months. <laughs> and, yeah. But if you focus on doing the things that you need to do to keep your head straight and keep in that positive belief that you can conquer every obstacle that shows up in front of you, that is what is going to allow you to move forward. So don't just get stuck in the tactics of how you're building your business. Work on yourself at the same time and you will see those results in the business. Yes. Could not agree with you more. So good. Okay. So Dorothy, where can folks come find you and anything you've got going on, people can check out. Yeah. So send me a connection request on LinkedIn. I'm such a huge fan of LinkedIn, even more so since meeting you. And so I post content there, you know, around ads and media buying and customer acquisition. So if you're interested in that, follow me on LinkedIn, send me a message. I'd love to hear from you. And if you're interested in the gig, you can head over to the gig.io slash VIP. That's where you can get those two guides that we talked about. And I would love to hear what you think of the newsletter. So send me an email as well. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today, Dorothy. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. Yay. Thanks for listening to the Burnout to All Out podcast. For free resources, materials, or information on my coaching services, go ahead over to livethefreelife.co. That's livethefreelife.co. Or check out our Facebook community at Burnout to All Out. And make sure you follow Burnout to All Out on Spotify and subscribe to iTunes. And it would truly mean the world to me if you paused for just a second gave me that five-star review of the show and be sure to share this episode with any burnouts you think would be inspired to go all out after hearing this episode. <music>